Hey guys, I'm Ryan Williams. And I'm Jake Kern. And this is 14,605 and counting. And we are back. Oh, what's up, everybody? We are back for episode 82. The big eight two of 14,605 <laughs> and counting. And we are going to discuss some Ant-Man, some Wasps, some Quantumania. Oh, yeah. <sighs> we're, we're getting into it tonight. Yeah. Now, if you remember from last podcast, it's it's been a minute. Um, I was out of town. We had some shenanigans. Life happens. Yep. And now we're back. We're back we're with back. Quantumania. We do have... Did I say five episodes of bad Something, something <laughs> like that. I <laughs> mean, you can kind of count the mid-season thing. I think I think that's kind of one big episode. Yeah, four episodes, you know? four total episodes to to discuss. So we're gonna do Quantumania here, and we'll, we'll see what time it is. If, if if we're running short on Quantumania, maybe we'll throw the bad batch on. If not, we'll do it next time. Oh yeah, and throw it all together. So yeah, we got a good Star Wars show coming for you. We do, and it's a yeah. it's, it's full of a lot of stuff. It's and, it, and it's probably better to do it in chunks anyway because these episodes are short, and some of them, well, we'll get to that when we well, talk yeah, about we'll... it. <laughs> we'll talk we have about it. we have some conversation about that, but probably better if they're done in larger chunks anyway. Yep. Um. So last we talked, I was on my way to good old Florida for a nice vacation. Oh, was... yeah, a nice vacation. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait a minute. What's going on now here, huh? Yeah, nice vacation. I'm getting lit up. I'm getting lit oh, up you, on my that's phone. That's right. You were getting yeah. lit up. Yeah, I was getting lit up. Because not only were we going to Florida, we were going to Disney. So we went to <laughs> You were getting lit up when I was in Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this a little bit. It was like, yeah, you're getting lit up, but I was doing it so you could experience it. I can it. live vicariously. Yeah, I was. I was sharing. Yes, I wasn't gloating. I was sharing. Next time, as I'm best a, I could. I'm gonna make the old switcheroo. You know, Van's gonna be in a stroller, and I'm gonna just make the old make the old switch. I'll jump in the stroller, and then you know. We're like, where'd my but, son go? And we'd be like, yeah, <laughs> oh, right here. <laughs> like, buy me a lightsaber, Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Val's like, why did man get darker and grow and like so much more bigger. pounds? Where does hair go? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> why is the stroller buckling? What? what? <laughs> 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 so yeah galaxy's edge how was it <clears throat> galaxy's edge was awesome i you know this was a nice trip so we've been to disney a bunch of times val and i have together so this was our fourth time going i've been there eh, I, mean, I probably went like probably four or five times as a kid because that's where my parents decided to take for vacation it was very very nice we we're very fortunate to ha- be able to do that so i'm familiar with the parks the rides and such. And Val and I are both familiar with it now. So this trip was about Donovan. It was about getting him to experience the park. He had so much fun. 
his first rides he went on ride number one pirates of the caribbean nice ride number two haunted mansion yeah this kid's not three yet he was loving it it's all about it he wanted that slinky dog roller coaster so bad he was like three inches shy of the of the height uh two inches because he was able to get on the oh what the hell is it called goofy's it's the, he called it the airplane roller coaster, but it was a kid's coaster at Magic Kingdom. He was able to ride it. He did it twice. He wanted to keep going on it. He had a blast. So we finally got over to Hollywood Studios, and it was about nighttime the first day we were at Disney. So we went to Magic Kingdom over to Hollywood Studios. And he wanted to see Toy Story Land. So we went back there. It was dark. He was on a ride. He was with Val. I was like, hey, we go hit uh, Galaxy's Edge here, and we walked through. It was really cool to see at night. The, the, the scenery, yeah. the way it was done, you felt like you were there. I mean, it's so cool that they the, what they do with depth and, like, sizing things. Yeah. You know, it can make, like, like, a mountain. They could, like, shrink it, but then make it look like it's massive and off in the distance. The perspective is so cool. Yeah. Um, Millennium Falcon, boom, right there. Right in your face. Oh, there it is. So we walk over there, and I think the wait for um, Smuggler's Run was like 50, 60 minutes at that time. It was like 7 o'clock at night. I'm like, well, shit, I'm not. I wasn't going to do it anyway because I have motion sickness issues. But then my, my stepmom, Sharon, she was like, well, why don't you just go jump in the line? You've got, I had this wristband thing that was for motion sickness. She's like, do a single rider thing. We're not going to go on it. I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. I wasn't excited about it because I didn't want to get, you know, all sick like that. Yeah. Holy hell, was that awesome. Yeah. That was a cool ride. Just just do single rider like that. You walk right up to the front, basically, and they just grab you when they need one person. <sighs> and I, that's where I sent you. Yeah. I sent you the vi- that video. Was it a video of the hallway? Did I send you that video? Yeah. Yeah, I sent you that. And then I had a picture of the cockpit. And <sighs> that was cool. That was... uh. Oh, who was our who was our mission runner? Why can't I think of his name right now? Oh. He's, he's the goggles, the why can't I think of his name? You know who it is. The pirate. I'm blanking on his name and it's really frustrating me. Uh-oh. He's uh Obi-Wan. Oh <clears throat> shit. Yeah, I can't think of his name either. Um, uh, 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 Han Hondo, tonight? No, is that right? We are a terrible show, bunch of show hosts here. Well, I mean, you know, we don't get paid for this, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hondo Onaka, that's yeah. thank you, guy. I knew Hondo. Okay, yeah, he was, he was the like mission runner. Um, kind of the person talking to you as you're going through the mission, like the the movement of it, everything was really cool. Nice how the ship moved. I didn't have a single bit of motion sickness with this wristband that I had. It was amazing. I had the high kill kill count with my my shooting, I was killing it, firing missiles, shooting lasers. Um, yeah, it was a really cool ride, and I'm really glad that I did it. Um, we went back the next day and I got to do, I got to walk through galaxy's edge by myself in the daylight. So I got to see like a lot more like the shops and, um, 
just the whole, the whole area, like the theming, even like their Coca-Cola stands were so cool. Like they look, they, they had droids, like oh, droid shapes of on. like, of the um, person that's like pushing the cart. So come it had, on. I think I took a picture off to send it to you, but it was like, it was like an R2 unit or like an R4 unit. And then attached to it in a long rectangle was the cooler but it was made to look like the R4 unit was trolleying it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it had that like alien writing on the side. And it was really cool. Just the uh, little stuff like that even was awesome. You know? Well, I mean, you know, that type of stuff, they, <clears throat> they put so much effort, time and talent and money into getting all that stuff. Just like that. Not yeah. just with star Wars, but the park in general, they spare, they waste. Yeah. They spare no expense. Yeah, I mean, even Toy Story Land. When when you get to the um, to the line queues for the rides, the metal you know how they have those metal uh, bars that just like run the queues. Mm-hmm. They're Tinker Toy shaped. Yeah. So the steel has been, you know, um, formed to be a Tinker Toy. It's yeah. like it's in the in the brackets and every it's just it's brilliant. It's, it's just, just another production. <clears throat> yeah. Those parks. That's one like, of the they coolest... put just as much effort into the parks as they do like the movie. Yeah. And CGI and all that other stuff. Yeah. It's so they don't they don't waste money because they know they're gonna make it. Yep. That's why they do <laughs> that's why they do it. <laughs> that's the old saying, you gotta spend money to make money. Yeah. So, you know. But it was a it was an awesome trip. He had a lot of fun. Um, we had a lot of fun. We got to see my dad and my stepmom. So it was, it was a really, really nice trip. We really needed that at the moment. So nice. But now we're back here and came on the snow. <laughs> There's no snow right now. now we're so back fine, here. <laughs> it was nice to come home to our, to our new home though. And be like, Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. We, we did get a new home. Yeah, now we're back here. Yeah, we're back here. Well, we're back here. Yeah. With a new movie to watch. Yes. And, you know, you say, you know, Disney spares no expense, and that, you know, especially when it comes to like their movies and stuff, but apparently some people think they, uh, Suck at making movies. Wow. All right. And I think some people suck at watching movies. Wow. Wow. (laughs) No. You are coming out with flames, sir. All right. Here we go. Here we go. So I've been on fire recently. As we do always. All right. I like to ask, what'd you think of the movie? What are you just your initial impressions of it? This movie was weird. All right. And I mean that in the best way possible because you're going to the quantum realm. The quantum realm, as we've seen it already, like, to, what, two times? Yeah, twice. Both both Ant-Man movies, you've seen, like, a glimpse of further looking Ant-Man 2. Yep. It's weird. It's weird-looking shit. They embraced the weird. They leaned into the weird, and I appreciate that. That was, like, that was some weird world-building. Yeah. I thought it was so cool. Just, you know, it. they could have just went generic weird. They just went weird like, who gives, who gives a shit? Give this yeah, guy like three yeah. heads or, you know, 
give this guy a green rock candy ball for a head. You know, like this guy's got to drink the goo. Drink the goo. goo. Like they they embrace the weird. Yes. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. Um, As we probably said this a few times, is the writing a hundred percent, the best writing? Probably not. It could be a little better. Maybe it could, it could, I don't know, but I mean, it's a solid. It was a solid movie. I really, really liked it. Yes, I, I enjoyed it too. It was fun. It was, uh, as Mike said, it was popcorn movie fun, right? That's that's the uh, that's kind of like goes with the Ant Man theme. The Ant Man's uh, titles are kind of like the comic relief of the MCU, and it and was think, fun. And I think Peyton Reed didn't want to be that anymore. Which enter Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot. I enjoyed it a lot. Like, I don't know where the critics are coming from. So I, so I, I had a conversation yesterday with my cousins. And my cousin Dave was like, uh, I don't, he's like, I don't, we, well, we were all kind of talking about it. We're like, I don't know where some of these critics are coming from with the, with their hate, though. It's like, I said, you know, it's like they already wrote their hate post and they're like, well, has the movie released yet? Has the movie released yet? It's out. I haven't even had time to watch it yet. Here's my po- here's my re- my rating. And I hate it. And it's like, well, wow, well, here we go. Yeah, bad, huh? So as promised, <clears throat> we say we don't have any uh, pre-production meetings for these podcasts, right? No. We just kind of like uh, 10 five minutes, minutes before, before we, we log on. <laughs> Yeah, what do you want to talk about? All right, cool. Let's go. Yeah, how do you want to do this? You want to do that? Do you want to yeah. include this? No, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. So <laughs> Maybe I some said, messages along the week. I don't know. So I said I had a brilliant article to lead our discussion about this movie. And uh and I'm gonna I'm gonna steal I'm gonna steal something. I'm gonna steal something from my uh podcast co-host here. I'm gonna steal something. You ready for it? Ready for Uh-oh. it? Uh-oh. Here it is. Whew! Hold on to your butts. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. How dare you? <laughs> the title of this article. The title of this article. Ant-Man. Quantumanium's seven biggest criticisms. Ooh. Bad reviews explained. Okay. Let's do it. I'm going to read. I'm going to read verbatim and then we'll talk as we go along so you're going to list right? the seven right i'm going to list the seven and i'll read verbatim and then we'll discuss so right. as you're reading them i'm going to make note of them okay i'm just gonna go like number one read it and then yep. we talk about it number two read cool. it and talk about it we'll go that way all right all right number one too much MCU exposition. With Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania kicking off Phase 5 in a major way, it was expected that it would be providing some insight into what's in store for the multiverse saga. For some viewers, though, the movie may have gone a tad bit overboard. Audiences were given a rundown of the multiverse, its connection to Kang, its connection to other Kangs, and why this will be a bad thing for the Avengers down the road all in one go, which may have made it hard to care more about Ant-Man 3's actual story. 
as well as the story that's being promised down the line. This was done all while the movie was telling rather than showing. A lot of the movie's crucial information isn't always given to the audience in the most compelling manner. Characters are constantly told how rough and tough Kang is or how fearsome killer ants from the future can be, but are rarely ever shown. The audience is just told and expected to buy it, which leads to a much more dissatisfying payoff when these elements converge, end quote. Okay. Can I, can I, can I, do I have a rebuttal? You can jump in, yes. Yes, sir. We have had eight other movies and nine shows. I'm looking at a list of numbers. And of the eight other movies and nine shows we've seen, the constant message is, where's our MCU exposition and connection? How does this connect to the MCU? Shut the hell up, people. (laughs) Too much, too little. Go to hell. (laughs) Yeah, that was a lot. You know what, though? Here's the thing. Kang is in this movie. Hey, guess who that is? That's Kang. He's in this movie. His, we know he's in this movie. Let's take the time to introduce him and make some connections. We just started Phase 5. Kicking off Phase 5. Boom. First movie, out the gate. Boom. MCU exposition. Let's lay the groundwork. You've had all of Phase 4 with hardly any exposition or any connection to the greater picture. Now we get some connection. Guess what they can do next movie? They can make it go further, and they can start tying these other things in. Have some patience, people. Yeah, it was a lot of exposition, but when you've had eight movies and nine shows with hardly any, would you think you're just going to all of a sudden get a little bit? (laughs) And this is the perfect time to do all of your Kang exposition, because guess what? The next time you see him, they're not going to have time to go pause. Hey, remember him? Here's some more information about him. Okay, my big problem with number one that I just read. Sorry, I got a little little heated there. You did. My problem is characters are constantly told how rough and tough Kang is, and end quote. And the audience is just told and expected to buy it. Okay, the audience, you have to think a little bit. I'm sorry. He literally, this Kang that we see as the main, as the main antagonist of this movie, he literally got banished by all of the other Kangs. Right. If that doesn't imply how big and bad he is, I don't know what to do for you. Right? I, I, I really don't know what to do for you. If right? every single Kang said this dude, <laughs> this dude needs to be removed from the equation, he must be bad. And he was so bad that when Janet touched his ship or whatever and got a glimpse in his mind and she saw it, she literally sacrificed herself to the quantum realm right. so he didn't get out. Right? She's like, look, this is my chance to go home to my family. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so we're not being shown in a explicit way, but if you can't get from those things that He's a bad mf'er. I don't know what to do for you, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. All right. I I I really don't know what to do for you. All right. So number. All right. Well, you, go so ahead. You got I, more. You got more. Nope. No, that's fine. All right. Number two. No arcs to be seen. 
Then there's the issue of unsatisfying character journeys. Some have pointed, some have pointedly claimed that the movie basically starts exactly where it began, with no one truly changing, having had no development of any kind. Scott Lang starts out as a naive hero that pushes problems that he could be acting to prevent to, to the side, which is exactly where he finds himself at Cassie's party. Even his relationship with his daughter feels disjointed. Rather than the movie culminating in Cassie proving herself to be a hero and saving her father to complete their narrative arc, it's instead Hope who is given the spotlight in the final moments. While the movie itself can be a fun romp throughout, there isn't always enough meat on the bone to deliver anything too deep character-wise. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> That's interesting. I think... I... It, it, well, go ahead. I... I can agree with the point that there's not a lot of character development here. Sure. At the same time, personally, that's really wasn't I was looking for in this movie. I can agree absolutely 100%, but personally, I wasn't going into that movie looking for this big father-daughter relationship to be, you know, shown in this arc. I came in for Kang being a bad MFer and what are they going to do about it. That's just me. That's just me, though. Right? I I, I get that, but... At the same time, how many countless people has Kang used the alluring I can give you time to for them to just be like, oh, yeah, I'll do whatever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. And Scott was like, no. And then he targeted Cassie and he was like, okay, fine, 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 fine. I'll get it for you. And then he sacrificed himself to keep Kang from getting out much like Janet did originally. Mm-hmm. That's character development. Yeah. Or, you know, and he, and it was very clear through the whole movie that he was seen as kind of a joke <clears throat> of a hero because, I mean, what does he do? Get, get small, get big, you know? Yeah. And the dude in the shop, coffee shop, thought he was Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> and, and right there, he was using like, he's like, you don't have to win. We just both have to lose. Or how did he say it? I think that's how he said it. Yeah. Um, I don't have to win. We just both have to lose. Right. You know, so he was sacrificing himself. And then actually counter to what they said about, oh, hope have hope coming through, whatever. That was cool for her because, me, need you forget, movie number one was just called Ant-Man. Movie two was Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ooh. Okay. But, Ooh. I see what you're doing here. I see where you're going here. Yeah. But yep. she was a sidekick. Yeah. In this movie, she came back after realizing, oh, he just, you know, he's over there holding holding up against Kang. Um, I need to go save him. And she blasted through and was like, screw you, dude, and just started blasting him so, so Scott could get on his feet. She was the hero. That's big character development for her for letting her shine as a female superhero who is in the shadow. Funny to say in the shadow of an ant, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So that was big for her. So you're saying that 
okay, this article is saying, yeah, we didn't get that Cassie character development, but we got the hope development that we kind of deserved because of the title of the movies. Ant-Man, Ant-Man and Wasp, Ant-Man and Wasp, Quantumania, she kind of like proves with this scene that, yeah, she can hold her weight. She's a hero. Well, and she deserves to be in the title of this movie, too. And even in the first and second movies, she showed that she was a much better fighter and strategic person than he was. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Obviously. He's yeah. the goofball <laughs> goofball criminal who stumbles upon a shrinking technology, basically. So, I mean, yep. but, I mean, cool for her. So, yes. she got to shine and show her strength, finally. And Scott got to develop by realizing that he may not, you know, it's not about him and what he wants. It's about the greater good of the world and saving the world. And he got to do that. So they both had good character development. Cassie didn't, I mean, didn't so much. I mean, she got her suit and she, and actually I think I, I would argue that her character development was being, stronger and louder about her desire to help people yeah she was right away like cassie yeah she was like hey they need our help we should go help them dad and he's like it's not our fight and she's like who gives a shit let's go help them because they need our help so that right there shows she has heroic tendency probably because she's seen what her dad and hope have done but i mean that's Maybe maybe it's not character development because she's already exhibited it. It's not like, oh, this is new for her. It's like, oh, this is just her being her. So why is that a bad thing, though? I don't think that's a bad thing. And I would kind of, I mean, yeah, Hope is kind of giving the spotlight at the end. But, I mean, it is Cassie who does bring them back. So, I mean, that's important. You can't just gloss over that. Which, all right. And she also created the device that got him in trouble in the first place. So, yeah. I mean, she's like Omega in a, in a way, kind of, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> More of that to come on our Bad Batch shows. But, like, I mean, that was know. character development, too, because, you know, right at the beginning of the movie, she's just Scott's Scott's daughter who, why are you in jail? And, yeah. you know, and then he finds out that she's been developing this technology with Hank and Janet, and she's been she has a suit, and she's been doing this, and he's he's finding out that she's had character development Behind her back. Yeah. So. And I think by the end of the movie, she's starting to accept responsibility to what she did, how reckless she was. And she's starting to learn how to use the suit. Yes. That's character development too. Right. And, 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 and yeah, she, she did bring them back, which if I had maybe a couple problems with the movie, I thought that might have been one of them. I would have kind of preferred them to stay in the quantum realm to end the movie, but that—that's just well, that's, that's just what me. I thought was going to happen. That's what I, I, yeah. I was when like, I saw oh, it open up, I was kinda, like, "Oh, she got it to work again." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, that kind of." I mean, yeah, okay, we get the happy-go-lucky indie ending, but <clears throat> right. I thought that would have been a little bit more powerful if they would have been trapped there. I mean, yeah, we would probably got them out eventually, but I thought it would have been good to end that movie right there. But hey, hey, you know, yeah, to go that route. But hey, right, hey, you know. But yes. <clears throat> All right, number three. Yes. I don't even want to read this one. The 
<laughs> How angry am I going to be? The virtual effects, the VFX. One of the most common complaints about Quadmania lies in the VFX work. All right, many feel the whole package is simply lackluster, with most of it looking rubbery and cheap. Anything but convincing. It doesn't help that one key character is odd looking, is not looking floating head. Even its lead villain, who has a practical suit, is victim to subpar VFX work. In every action scene, he dominates. Some also believe the strange design of the quantum realm is simply nonsense for nonsense's sake, with no creative reasoning behind anything. They threw things against the wall to see what stuck. However, there is one aspect of VFX that is worse than the rest and been a constant problem with the recent Marvel affairs, the volume, which is the next number, volume. Yeah, I didn't even want to read that one. I, okay. I personally so, don't care. I don't. You're so more you're, of the graphics guy. I'm the <clears> two <throat> of us, obviously. Well, so that I, would be, be Val. Yes, that would be Val. I mean, I don't care. So here's what I'm going to say. Uh-oh. Okay. Let's see. 2021 WandaVision came out, right? That's funny. I just looked yes. it up. 2021. Yeah. So between what was that? February 2021. Yeah, January, February. Yeah. February 2023. We have had nine movies and eight flipping TV shows to do VFX for. Do you see the the size of the list of people? I'm not. No, no I'm not yelling at you. You know that, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm yelling at the I'm yelling at the <laughs> listener, the idiot people who are making these comments. Okay. So do you not like do they not see the list of people just in the Ant-Man Quantumania movie that do the VFX? That I mean that list covered the entire screen. Uh, the TV screen, the movie mm-hmm. theater screen. Mm-hmm. That's, a lot of, that's a lot of names. I'll multiply that by seven by 16 probably similar people working on stuff but still that's a lot of vfx to do in two years let alone there have been a shortage of people to do that job because they're not being paid properly they're being taken advantage of with their time and their um their work hours and such give them a break I mean, Kevin Feige admitted himself that yeah, we've had too many shows. We're going to slow it down. Yeah, I was just going to say that yeah. they're they're going to they're starting. Unfortunately, well, unfortunately because we're just not going <clears> to <throat> get as much, but they're going to slow down the uh, the rate at which they pump out content, right. which, which I don't is, think is, is necessarily good. a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's been a lo- it's been a lot. It's been nice. Yeah, but that's a lot of weight on their shoulders, and yeah, that's so. I mean, and that's going to quality affect quality over quantity <clears throat> issue, right? And, and that kind of short time frame and quantity is going to really affect quality of VFX. They weren't that bad, and here's my other comment: those people who are comment who are, who are critiquing it have probably never in their life done any kind of vfx work if you handed them a computer and said hey um 
I don't know, make a face, make make a face and make it talk. Never happen. They'd never be able to do it. So I don't know where they get off to critique that kind of work. That'd be like that'd be like somebody who has no idea what, about chemistry coming into my job and saying, "Oh, that's not how you do this." I'd be like, "Get bent." <laughs> I, I mean, I have two, two degrees and sixteen years of experience. I think I know what the hell I'm doing. You have no idea, so get bent. I, know. I, I just for me, like I, I can believe. A talking head, basically, with little feet, right, and little arms. Right. I can believe that. I don't it's, really it's give a shit how it looks. It's mo- right. How, how are you I, gonna you make know, that face already, look normal? I'm already bought in. Yeah. Right. So it it doesn't need to look perfect. Whatever perfect is, like I don't know what these people want to see, right? And the quantum realm, like it's supposed, isn't it's supposed to look like a lot of shit thrown the wall, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's supposed to look weird as hell. Yeah, it's a, you just you said that where they embrace the weird. Yeah, and right? there's no there's no reference point for how it should look in reality. So of course exactly. it's gonna look. You're, you're not gonna exactly. Mean, you just you know what you know what say that one more time. Say that one more. There's time. no reference point for how it's going to look in reality. So how the bleep? Yeah, are you gonna critique it? Right. If there's no reference point for the crowd, there is no reference houses. point. I mean, to talk to talk about Modok, that head looked weird as hell. But it's a giant floating head with arms <laughs> sticking out of the ears and legs sticking <laughs> out of the chin. How do you make that not look weird? Yeah. How do you make that face look like? I mean, you're you're gonna have to totally take it from the uh, what was that show they did? Was it Patton Oswalt who was the who played Modok? You'd have to totally like animate it, yeah, to make it look not weird the way it did. They took a face and they blew it up, and they, it was almost like they they, they just like said, "Okay, this screen is this face on Modok, the the model is going to be green screen, and we're just yeah. going to superimpose this face, and we're just going to stretch it to fit the borders." Yeah, that's, that's probably pretty close the... to what they did. That's, yeah, that's pretty much okay. what it looked like. Yeah. So the first time I saw it, I was like, "Man, that's so messed up looking." But then I was like, "It's a giant floating head. How yeah. is it supposed to look? Yeah. The proportions of the face are supposed to there's the proportional to like looking at Antman or looking at Scott. But again, it's stretched sideways a little bit. So like the nose and the eyes and the mouth are going to be representative of the space they're in, and they're going to look proportional to. Scott, I mean, it was just stretched out, and it was it was weird. It was really weird looking. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was the best thing they could have done for his face, but again, given all the criteria or all the things we just talked about, I mean, cut those people some slack. Yeah, if you don't if you don't like the VFX and you think it looks sloppy and doesn't look good and the quality's not good, then how about you hop on board with um, I don't know fighting for the rights of those people to, so they get paid more and more people can do it and then maybe they'd be better, you know, at dishing out work so it has more people to get it done so it looks better. I don't know, whatever. Just yeah. stop complaining about it and having no no response or no uh, solution. The next two are kind of related to that. Okay. Oh, all right. The volume, right. For those who don't know, the volume is essentially a large real-time video screen 
that the actors perform in front of instead of a green or blue screen. Uh, the technology was first introduced with the Mandalorian. And side note, all right, if you don't know what we're talking about, the uh, the Mandalorian uh, behind the scenes of season one, it was really awesome. And then uh, it gives you a good look into what they're talking about, the screen that they're performing in front of. Oh, interesting. I, see, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's really cool. Um, and since then, everybody else seems to have had trouble implementing it well. For Quantumania, it resulted in some truly awful, completely flat, barren, and boring landscapes that were utilized multiple times. Put simply, it looks cheap and is far from convincing. Over-reliance on technology has been hurting various projects. Perhaps it is time Marvel gives a bit, gives it a bit of a break. <laughs> Yeah, I, you know, it looked cheap and not. <laughs> did you say cheap and unrealistic? Put simply, it looks cheap and is far from convincing. Okay, we already talked about that. I'm not gonna. Right. I mean, I'm already buying a giant floating head with little legs and little arms, so I don't really need to be convinced that much. But anywho, the number five observer. <laughs> number five, sloppy editing and lackluster choreography a lot of the small stuff adds up while the marvel cinematic universe has often prided itself on being meticulous in its attention to detail many minor issues with Conomania end up leaving the movie feeling like it needed a bit more oversight in some areas one example is it, the constant use of unnecessary quick cuts which can often disorient viewers a great example of this is when kang lets go of scott who then falls to the ground, but instead of one fluid motion, the brief action is shown in three quick cuts. Then there's the observation that the story could have easily been navigated and avoided if the characters talked to each other. The biggest perpetrator of this was Michelle Pfeiffer's Janet, who was needlessly not telling her family important information, then there was plenty of time and reason to do so. Another point is the matter of clunky choreography, even in basic scenes, unnecessary moments where the characters pause what they're doing to deliver a few quips. This happens the most with Scott and Cassie. Obviously, the two are great together, but there were a few times when the two found themselves in the middle of a battlefield, taking off their helmets for no reason, throwing a joke or two, then jumping back in it. It's also been noted that the Freedom Fighters didn't really add much to the plot, and the story could have done without them utilizing the extra time on the core cast. End quote. Okay. The whole thing with Michelle Pfeiffer's character, Janet. Yeah, that bothered me too. Mm -hmm. Like, tell them something. But this is not the only movie. I'm not even talking MCU. I can't tell you how many movies I've seen where this has been used. So it's, it's a common technique. Of just, I can't. I'm trying to protect. I'm trying to protect you. I can't tell you anymore. I we'll talk about this later. Like that whole thing of delaying, delaying the inevitable. It's like, yep. It's like just get to the point, okay? Just just talk. It, it's exactly right. It's like the re the realistic, the realistic thing to do would be like, look, let's stop right now. I'll tell you guys what you need to know. Yeah. You or know, if you I, said something earlier, then we could have prevented all this. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I totally yeah. <laughs> that. I'm, I'm like hundred. I'm on board with that. Hundred percent. Like, I hate that kind of writing. It's like, 
don't say I'll tell you later and then a whole bunch of shit happens and all of a sudden you're like, <laughs> like well, here's what I'm going to tell you. And you're like, uh, but those four dudes over there wouldn't have died if you would have told me that like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so you go over there and apologize to them for letting them die. That's on you, mom. You know what I mean? Like that, yeah. I, that I'm a hundred, I 100% agree with. The, choreo- the clunky choreography thing with the, the quips, yeah, I, I get that too. That That bothers me. It's like, you're in the middle of a fight and you're fight, 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 fighting. And then all of a sudden you have, a, you have like five minutes to take a helmet off and quip with each other that <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to chalk up to uh, movies that do ad libbing. Yeah. Line ad libbing. That's, that's when they're probably doing it. They're probably, you know, that's where you'd see like, like Will Ferrell and John C. Riley and Step Brothers, where they, oh, they're like, awesome. yeah, they stop what they're doing <laughs> and they have these like, lines between each other they probably just said all right you stand there you stand there and we're just gonna let you guys freestyle it and we're gonna say whatever (laughs) sounds the best that's what we're going with so it's a lot of just like hanging out and uh oh i'll say this you know so okay that's probably what they're doing i agree it does not fit the fight like and and, you know endgame did this too and in infinity war too like where uh, Thor and Cap stopped and they made their beard comments, you know, like yeah. that was one where like uh, Iron Man and Spider-Man had their chance to, to hug each other. That's another one where Star-Lord and Gamora see each other and she hits him, you know, that's yeah. another one. Um, there's a whole, it happens through all of these movies, I think. It's it's used commonly It's to, to build dialogue because they're not, the comic panels as you're reading them, have dialogue is like especially spider-man he's like swinging through and he's like kick punch web this person tie them up dodge this but as mm-hmm. he's doing it yeah. he's talking as he's going yeah it's hard to translate that to screen because actors can't act and speak at the same time mm-hmm. very well it's not going to come off right so they have them stop to speak it's i'm not trying to make excuses for them i'm trying to like make it make sense i guess but it is a clunky thing i i totally get that i did not think choreography was that bad normally that's something that i have gripes about where i see something i'm like oh that was like they're like they're like bad dancing where you see somebody like lean back before throwing a punch and you can tell that they missed and the other person like rolls with them or they do like a wrestling roll where it's like you catch their arm and roll them over your shoulder like yeah like that's bad choreography i didn't i don't i don't think i got any of that in this um what was the other thing the freedom fighters yeah that was entirely important because kang's thing is that he goes somewhere he assumes leadership and he suppresses people and he just assumes power and is like, I lord over you. So for um, the Pym family, let's just, for the sake of a better name, I guess, coming in there and liberating them was important. It's not nearly as good as a movie like Stargate, but it was kind of a Stargate thing. They got mm-hmm. dropped into this world. They had no idea where they were. I mean, Janet knew people for sure, but you know, they find this leader who's super powerful, and then they take him down and they liberate these people. Like that—that's kind of a, an important vehicle for a story. So, I mean, that—that that didn't. 
I don't so, agree with that. So on that note, right? So that one scene where all the freedom fighters come in. Yeah. And then she's like, I forget who said it, but they were like, they came. Did you get like Rise of Skywalker vibes? I turned over, me and Mike went to go see this movie with some of our other buddies. And when she said that, they came. And then all the other freedom fighters come in and they roll in. I'm like, did they just, I turned over to Mike. And, <laughs> I know like, what part you're talking they, about now. <laughs> I was like, I turned over, did, I was like, did they just rip off Rise of Skywalker? He's like, I, yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what part he's you're like, talking yeah. about. And then he's like, yeah, they did it better too. And I'm like, yeah, screw you, Kathleen Kennedy. We're just going <laughs> to rip off your shit. <laughs> it was yeah. literally, I'm like, they came. I literally went back to Rise of Skywalker episode nine. I'm like, this is like the exact same scene, just an MCU. Okay, so <laughs> yes. However, the it took the entire movie for them to get to the point where, well, I don't know. It was like, hey, you guys go get all these ships that are across the galaxy like millions of light years away and bring them all to one point so you can all swoop in together and save us. But that was like, I like got, I wanted to get walk out of the theater. It was terrible. It was terrible. Like, how the hell? They, they didn't even leave first. They left in the middle of the thing. It was like, they didn't even like say, hey, we're going to give you a head start to go get our uh, cavalry, and then we'll wait before we rock in there. No, they were like in the middle of rocking, and they're like, hey, go get some cavalry. How does that make sense? It makes zero sense. It's so stupid. It's the, oh my God. Oh. But. Yes, they did do it better in this movie. And it made sense because they were there. They were there. <laughs> you okay over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I, I just had to throw that in there because I was like, immediately when that happened, I turned over to Mike. I was like, that's Rise of Skywalker. He's like, yeah, but they did it better. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Rise of uh, all right, number six, <laughs> to kill a king. By the time this the movie comes to the end, it seems that the variant of Kang, the conqueror, the audience have been following the whole film has died. I don't know about that. Sucked into his own multiversal engine core. Many feel this undermines the threat of the villain who is set to go on to become the big bad in multiple Avengers movies. If he was beaten by Earth 616 Ant-Man, what hope does he have against his fellow heroes? Well, one point to remember is that this variant has already wiped out the Avengers multiple times off screen, including Thor himself. So clearly he was powerful go back to that first point we talked about all right and more yeah. importantly it's prudent to note that the movie makes multiple attempts at questioning this variant's fate for one he was sucked into the core in a very similar manner to jaren cross if modok was able to survive there's oh, every wow. chance in the world that this particular kang did as well oh wow add That's on nice it, connection add on it was a multiversal engine and his fate becomes endless possibilities. Ooh. Oh. Scott Lang even questions this in his final monologue, as does yeah. the Council of Kangs in their brief scene. Audience has, audiences have also voiced that if each Kang is going to die in their first appearance, then future stories would likely fail to make any meaningful connection between the big bad and those watching. 
Perhaps Quantumanium's variant will not only return, but be so much stronger than before. Only time will tell. <laughs> only time will tell. That's an interesting thought because I did not walk out of that movie thinking Kang was dead. I was like, yeah. I did not either. Yeah, like he's that that is an excellent connection between uh Darren Cross and Kang. Excellent. Yeah. That is astute. I, I that I really like that comparison. It's it's uh I, I was I was thinking of this comparison. Like I know there's some people out there who watch Rick and Morty. Um yeah, I'm I a Rick and Morty. I'm a Rick and Morty fan, but yeah, they they, they kind of have similar, very similar multiversal themes. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm gonna just try to explain it in like two minutes, like real quick. So like Rick He's the smartest man in the universe, basically. And he has a he has a portal gun where he can jump to different universes, different timelines whenever he wants to. Right? So the main the main Rick that's the main character of the series is the Rick C one thirty seven. That's kind of like Earth six one six in the MCU. Okay. Rick C one thirty seven, that's the main Rick. Right. And his backstory is his wife and his daughter was killed by another Rick. Oh. And basically, he, this Rick is very shrewd. He gets away. He's very um, astute. He can always basically uh, predict the move of Rick 137 before he's able to get to him. And Rick 137, he was going through all these timelines looking for this particular Rick that killed his family. He killed all a bunch of other Ricks. And then years later, they formed a council of Ricks, like a council of Kangs, <laughs> to kind of make peace okay. between the Ricks. But he still never found that Rick that killed his family. And since he evades him so much, like he's probably one of the, probably the most dangerous Rick. And yeah. they call him Rick Prime. So that's Rick Prime, like the Rick that he's looking for. Yeah. The one that killed his family. I think that this is kind of going to be this variant of Kang is Kang Prime. Like this Kang was so bad that all the Counts of Ricks, the Counts of Kangs banished him, right? He survived the Quantum Realm once, right? You think he didn't survive again when he yeah. got sucked into that multiversal core? So I think this is going to be either this Rick or I mean or this Kang or maybe even Victor Timely since we got that, you know, that cut from that post credit scene. Yeah. That they're gonna be the Rick Prime or the Kang Prime. Like he's gonna be the baddest mofo of all of the Kangs. So yeah, I don't think he I don't think he's dead either. Yeah, and I mean he even said himself that he lives outside of time. He he doesn't live time in a linear fashion. So, I mean, if, if, and even in the comic books, like whenever Kang is like quote unquote killed or yeah. dealt with, yeah, he still shows up later. Yeah. He just keeps like regenerating me and, himself almost. Me and Mike were joking too. Like, they're going to do another Rise of Skywalker thing. Somehow the Emperor has <laughs> returned. <laughs> 
somehow King. Somehow start King the next returned. Movie, somehow King has returned. They need to make Moon Knight say it. <laughs> no, they should have Deadpool say it. Like, no, like somehow. They, they need Moon Knight to say it because it's Oscar Isaac and he said it in Rise of Skywalker. As oh, oh, very astute. Very astute. Yeah. And when he says it, he needs to have like a, and then all of a sudden he has another split personality. Like, I don't remember that I said that. <clears throat> That's how the next movie is going to start out. Somehow. Somehow King they, should, dude, they should start out like the Star Wars crawl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Somehow King. King returned. Oh, my God. But, yes, oh. I, don't, I don't think this variant's dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And so, speaking of this variant... I had a couple gripes about him. Uh oh. Um, first of all, if he can create all this tech and this world that he created in the quantum realm from his suit, okay, how is he not able to recreate a multiversal power core? Or do something along those lines? Or like somehow do something to that big exploded core to like pull a fragment of it to be able to build like how is he how is he not able to make a pin particle yeah how is he not (laughs) able to do any of that if he i mean he literally showed up in the quantum realm with a big floating chair and his body (laughs) and when that core activated when Janet fixed the core, okay, first of all, fixed the core. I mean, how? Okay. <laughs> she fixes the core. He activates the chair. He gets his suit. She destroys the core, and he's left with a suit and a chair that doesn't work anymore for some reason, okay? And he's able to create this entire civilization, okay? All these pawns that follow around for him that like mysteriously have no bodies under the suits they're like i i I don't know they're like time people i I don't know what the hell to call them but he does all that but he can't recreate that multiversal core that he created in the first place right and yeah how is he not able to manipulate time in such a way that he could sneak into that multiversal core and shrink it himself. Like that, that, that. <clears throat> Those um, are um, very valid questions that I don't have an answer for. Right. <laughs> it's just th- those, those things bothered me about that. The other thing that this bothers me, not with just with this movie, but eh, pretty much every other movie that has like a giant battle scene. Okay. So Kang comes out, here come the Freedom Fighters, and he's like, I've had enough of this crap. And he starts zapping them. Just like, you're gone, you're gone. Blah, 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 under the arm, behind the back, spinning (laughs) around, zip, 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 zap, zap, zap. Like, zapping fools. And then here comes Scott, Cassie, and Hope, and all of a sudden he's like, zap gun holstered. Let's fight like regular people. Like, what the hell was that? Be like, zap, zap, zap. You're all three gone. Bye. Why doesn't he zap them? And then all these ants come. Why doesn't he zap all those ants? Why doesn't he like zap, zap, zap? Okay, all you ants, zap, zap, zap. Well, I think in that case of the ants, in the ants, I think that it's just he couldn't zap 
you know, all of them at once. He just he got zapped like ten people, like in one. He just like flicked his wrist and he zapped away. But like there's 10 like people. a zillion of the ants, though. Yeah, but he he put the shield up to stop them. He could have like been zapping them as they touched the shield. He yeah, there's done like it. a I, there's a zillion ants, though. Have you ever seen an ant hill? You know how many of those things there are. I, I, I know. I think okay, that's now, the because I saw that as a gripe. Like, how was he defeated by ants? I think that was just a matter of there's just it, it's a zillion to one. That didn't bother me that a, he was defeated by ants. What defi- would bother me that he stopped using that like disintegrate and take you out of this equation. Like, like he was basically pruning those people. Well, yeah, I the, with Scott, Cassie, and Hope, yeah. Why, like, why did you holster up? But like with the ants, yeah. even if he would have had the zapper, I think they, it was just, he would just got strength in numbers. I mean, I like think he wouldn't it, be able to zap all of them before some of them would have got to him anyway. I think in the funniest use of that, like kind of like fight scene thing, was in Captain Marvel where um, Jora, um, I almost said Jorel, God <laughs> <laughs> Rog was like. All right, all right, care. All right, Vers, put away your, put away your superpowers and let's go. Let's fight. Let's fight like normal people. And she just goes, Broom, you know, yeah. <laughs> like I, th- I just I hate when I see that in a movie. I'm like, this guy's been owning everyone who comes near him, and he's been owning everyone that comes near him. And now they look at each other and they're like, let's put away our owning everybody else skill and let's just punch each other for <laughs> like 15 minutes just to get people excited you know oh he got a bigger punch there oh he got a bigger punch there like like just zap him just be like wow you guys are all three now zap, zap, disintegrated zap. <laughs> he could have done, zap, he could've zap, done zap. it and it was like as soon as he saw them coming he stopped he was like oh yeah i can't use this anymore I'm not supposed to zap them. They're NPC. They're they're, they're, they're not NPCs. <laughs> you know, like I, I don't know. Those are those are gripes that I think, like plot line plot line gripes and um, common sense gripes are things that I have a lot. So those are common, those are common for me. But those are like the two things that I had that I written down as gripes. Yeah. All right, so number, number seven, seven. Final one here. The stakes. This issue is slightly is a slightly confusing one. Many people felt that many people felt there were no stakes in this movie, which is odd at first because the stakes seem very clear. People and entire timelines will die. Yeah. So this <laughs> So the stakes were there, but perhaps they were a bit muddled because also According to the film's narrative, preventing the exiled Kang's escape would result in something catastrophic as well. This makes the whole movie feel like a lose-lose situation. Furthermore, there really weren't any consequences. Everyone makes it out unharmed. Even Scott and Hope get to casually come home after being dramatically left behind. Again, that was my gripe of the mm, ending. I agree. Okay. Which felt underwhelming. Though, had they stuck there until Kang Dynasty, Marvel Studios would have been setting themselves up for the exact same setup as Endgame. Scott gets free from the Quantum Realm just in time to help the Avengers with a big foe. So that's another lose lose writer Jeff Loveness set up set himself up for. There is also a parallel issue that some fans felt strongly about. They missed the small stakes of the first two movies. Uh, 
many felt like this grandiose narrative took <laughs> Small Ant-Man. Snakes. Oh, dude. <laughs> many felt like this grandiose narrative took Ant-Man away from some of the key pillars of its own franchise. Huh. Okay, I agree with the uh, underwhelming part about Scott and Hope coming home. Yes, I agree with that. Um, As far as the lose-lose scenario of the movie... I mean, uh, yeah. Preventing the exiled Kang's escape would result in something catastrophic. Or, Or if he stays, that, you know, something catastrophic will happen if he stays. Well... I would argue against that. Like, he's already there, right? He's already in the quantum realm. So people are dying and shit anyway. Yeah. So if he doesn't get out, I mean, it's pretty much status quo, basically. So I disagree with that. The big stakes is him getting out, right? Yeah, but Scott said at the end, too, didn't he? He's like, in that, like, end of the movie, like, um, internal discussion said, "Well, wait a minute. Didn't he say if he didn't get out that worse things would happen, or there, or something?" Uh, like he that? did say, "Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. He did say that. Yeah, yeah." And he was like, "Wait a second. If I didn't let him out, bad things were going to happen." So he said that. But what does that mean, though? Like, was Kang just kind of BSing him, or what? So I'm going to chalk this up to Kang Prime. We're going to call him Kang Prime. Kang Prime. Like it? Yeah. Kang Prime sees the big three who are um, Immortus, Iron Lad, and Ramatut. He sees those three as a threat to the multiverse. I think Kang Prime wants to have one timeline. He wants to destroy all the other Kangs. So there's one timeline. He's the one, like, he who remains, okay? Mm-hmm. Those other three would rather have all the other Kang variants running around doing whatever the hell they want and creating chaos because they can <clears throat> dominate the other timelines. So I think they see each other as equal threats. Ooh, so, I like that. And those three see King Prime as a threat because King Prime wants to shut them down and all the other Kings, so there's just one. And those three want to shut Prime down because he's a threat to taking them all. You know what I mean? So Yes. So I think that is like That's kinda that, like Rick and Morty too. Yeah. Like so the you're, Council of Ricks, they all don't like C one thirty seven. And C one thirty seven, the main antagonist, he like he went against this assault on the Council of Ricks in one of the episodes. So, okay. yeah, I can see that because, yeah, yeah. So, King Prime sees if you don't let me out of here, all those other ones are going to wreak havoc on the multiverse. But then Scott sees, and what Janet saw, if King Prime gets out, he's going to destroy the multiverse and that's going to kill a whole bunch of people. So, Lose lose for sure. But I see that. Is what Janet saw true? Is this a Thanos thing again? Where Thanos wanted to wipe out half the half the universe 
because of population and resources and such. But to balance things, that scene is genocidal and holy crap, that's a terrible thing to do because you're just killing half the universe. But he's doing it for what he thinks are right reasons. So are they looking is she looking at what Kang Prime was doing as evil, but he was doing it for the right reasons? I don't know. That's some deep that's it's deep, but I think that's what we're dealing with. Because he kept asking her, What did you see? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. Wow. Wow, I didn't uh <clears throat> Whoa, hot take Jake on fire. Yeah, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I think, too, it's like um, nobody can comprehend what Kang is trying to convey because he doesn't live linear. Yeah, he's he does. all over the damn place. Yeah. So he's seeing things in this giant, bigger picture out of, se- you know, seeing it out of sequence, but seeing it like laid out in front of him like he's looking at like 15 computer screens and we're only able to look at one because we live one timeline one straight forward timeline yeah so wow yeah so that's that's and and i'm not gonna say that i you know came into the show tonight like i'm gonna blow your mind because i have this crazy theory about kang and the other three no i that came out of my like as i was speaking it it was like formulating so this this i can't i I can't even like i don't know it it just happened wow that just happened just happened as we were talking like the whole kang prime idea was your idea calling him that but did you oh, also yeah. did you also notice something? Um, if you look back to Loki, okay, when he's at the TVA, there's the three heads on the wall, right? Yep. And they're meant to be like the three. I mean, they're they're actually three heads. They're not like Kang heads. Yeah. But when it goes to see Sylvie kills he who remains. Loki ends up back in the TVA, and what does he see? A statue, and it has three faces of Kang. Right? Yeah. It's one statue, and Kang's face is on all three of them? Yeah. You're saying those are the three variants. Yeah. 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 So, Kang Prime is maybe related to He Who Remains in a way, and by... Scott, so so here's another like a an overlaying duet. I don't know. It's happening at the same time. It's it's a it's like Sylvie killed he who remains, and that opened up the multiverse. And Scott prevented King Prime from getting out, and that opened up the multiverse. So like, is yeah. That's a lot. That's it, a is lot right a lot. it is a Ooh. lot. It is a lot. And. I don't know about your theater, okay, watching this movie, but the uh, mid-credit scene where all the Kangs were getting together. Yeah. And, you know, they were like, oh, oh, these 616 people, you know, they're, 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 they're bleeping up our, 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 our system here. We're, we're going to have to, 
we're going to have to take care of this 616. They're causing all these incursions and all this other shit. Yeah. We got to handle this. All right. I felt like that went over a lot of people's heads in my theater. Like everybody yeah. was like, hm, hm, do, 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 do. oh, that's a cute post credit scene. And I'm like, I felt I'm thinking like, like, I felt like, like, are you, are y'all not like getting like how ominous that is? I felt like the whole movie went over everybody's head in my theater. <laughs> I was the I was the only one reacting to stuff. <laughs> like I'm sitting there. And, I can't uh, help you out with that, brother. I, I it's like I, I can't even remember what it was, but but like Scott said something. Oh, it was when they showed Scott with Jimmy. Jimmy. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. When I saw that, I was like, oh, look at those two. And I looked around. I'm like, I'm the only one who said anything. And there was another part where something funny happened, and I was like, oh, yeah. And then I looked around, and I was like, shit, everyone heard me do that, and there's nobody else. No, one, no one's even laughing. What's yeah. Wrong with you yeah, it just, like, went over. Like, I felt like that was a a Thanos, let me do this myself level type of post-credit scene. Yeah. And it just didn't to- Totally resonate. cool to see Immortus, and I'm assuming that's Iron Lad, in Rama Tut, does he all three of them? I mean, Iron Lad is a hero, though. Oh, well, you know how the MCU likes to change things. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I did see something about about Iron Lad and uh, said something yeah, okay. don't, villainous. Don't but well, I mean, yeah. they, they obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that's him. Those are the three biggest variants that people would know. Yeah, are Immortus, Rama Tut, and Iron Lad. So, like, to see those three, I was like, Jonathan Majors, you chameleon, you. Like, he totally crushing it as himself. But then also when you see that that whole, like, arena full of Kangs. Yeah. That was kind of off-putting a little bit. I was like, oh, uh, that's weird. But then I quickly flashed back to the part where Ant-Man was, where Scott was using all his Ant-Man variants to climb up. And then all the hope variants came in. And I was like, that's basically what all those Kangs are. They're like in in the um the multiversal core as like Scott was just kind of like two more, four more, eight more, sixteen more, thirty-two more, sixty-four more, 128 more. As it's like multiplying up and up and up. That was all those Kangs. You know, just like all those Scots and all those hopes. Yeah. That 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 just went over a lot of people's heads. It sure I, did. I was like, oh man. But okay. but did you also notice something that Kang was like, how was he doing that when Scott was like climbing out and they were all helping all the other Scots were helping him climb up? Kang was like, How is he doing that? Yeah. So that that challenged him, like, whoa, hold on a second. He shouldn't be able to do that. Okay, so Scott broke a rule, kind of. But it was because they all had one common goal. Yep. Cassie. Yep. And then, if you also notice, when Hope and Scott joined hands, every one of their variants went away. Gone. Yeah. They disappeared. So something about the two of them coming together in that moment both having the same goal erased any any multiversal possibilities like they were almost like 
their own primes and there was nothing nothing different was going to happen from the moment they joined hands going forward oh and that's crazy no that's love (laughs) (laughs) it's true love oh shucks but like but seriously i thought that was bizarre when as soon as they touched hands i was like oh shit they all went away yep so there's some there's some stuff that happened there that has some depth that like you said went over everyone's head. Yeah. But I think that that could be like the foundation of like the future of this phase. Like Yeah. Shit going over people's heads and nobody understanding it and then people whining and complaining about it. That's going to be the future of this phase. Awesome. That's you know so that's that's been the theme <laughs> since Endgame ended, and you know all I have to say is Thanos was right. So, wow. I'm gonna sit in my drink here. Wow. Uh, speaking of that, I, I my I have a I have a slight, I have a slight grind my gears. You mentioned you had a gear grind I have moment. A slight okay. grind my gears. Okay. Let's hear it. And it's Modok. Number one, I kind of, I kind of was disappointed that Modoc was kind of a gag. The same, right? You know, I thought because of the way that he looks. So, like before the the screenshot came out of him having uh him being uh cross, yeah, uh. You, we all saw like the pictures of Modok with like the shielded face, so I'm like, oh, Modok looks kind of badass in MCU. And then like like a week or two before, like a couple weeks before the movie came out, yeah. Then the screenshot came out, like, oh, that's Darren Cross, yeah. Um, which fine, okay, whatever. The MCU doing its own thing here with Modok. Yeah, the the Darren Cross thing didn't bother me all that much. No, that that didn't bother me. That element of it didn't. Now, I didn't kind of like how he was a gag throughout the movie. Yeah. And the, the thing that I kind of liken it to or relate it to is how the Illuminati and uh, Multiverse of Madness, they were kind of a gag too. They're like they're like this big powerful group and, you know, yeah. Wanda just offs <clears throat> them just easily. So, right? I mean, I, I, I chalk that up to being a multiversal gag. So they're yeah. they're expendable, maybe to be a tool to be used later down the line. But they were also fodder for Wanda to show her powers, to flex her powers, because yeah. she couldn't kill anybody in Earth six one six that was important. You know, right. she had to kill them in another multiverse because, hey, you guys are the Illuminati. I'm just gonna totally own you. And wow, that shows how powerful I am. Anyway, continue. Yeah. You know, but uh, I did not like how Modok was a gag either. Yes. So yeah, that 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 kind of bothered me a bit. But then here's the thing about the gag, the end, his final scene, right? You know, the whole don't be a dick, right? You know, so he's, he's, <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> what what yeah, don't, I do? don't be a don't dick be a there. Dick. <laughs> <laughs> so he wasn't a dick. He comes to help and you know, he's about to die. I'm not a dick. Yeah, he's like <laughs> And then these his last words were something like, you know, 
I can die an Avenger now, or finally something like that. I can die an Avenger. And I was like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me think about this for a second. So Ant-Man, Ant-Man 1, he gets sucked into the quantum realm yeah. at the end of Ant-Man 1. At the end of Ant-Man 1, Scott Lang is not an Avenger. He's just Ant-Man. So that oh. line, that line, I can die an Avenger now. How the hell would he know that Scott Lang is an Avenger? He's been in the freaking quantum realm for who knows how long. So how the hell does he know that? Unless Kang filled him in or something like well, whatever. King, hey, by the way, Scott Lang's an Avenger. Yeah. So Kang couldn't have filled him in because <laughs> Janet was gone way before that. Hang on. Sorry. Uh Kang Kang was gone was there way before that because Janet was gone way back in like what the seventies? Yeah. So Janet was into the quantum realm in the seventies. She comes out and like 2012 was 2013 in the MCU timeline, right? Uh, like 50 something years. Uh, <clears throat> Time's weird down there, so who knows yeah, how long it, she was really down yeah. there. But Darren went down there before she came out, so unless, well, no, wait, I take that back. She would have had no idea that uh, who Scott no, Lang was. Had no, so, she had no idea what was happening up there. Nobody down there had any idea. Right. So. Yeah, that bothered me. Yeah, that bothers me now, too. That bothered me. Like, <laughs> how can you say that line? You How, how, how did you know he's an Avenger? <clears throat> right. I mean, unless that... I'm trying to figure it out because it did, bothered did me. Did Scott say something about being an Avenger? In no, front of no, he didn't. I don't think he did. Unless that portal that cassie opened up they can, can somehow look at the internet and shit up here now that, that happened <laughs> <laughs> otherwise he would have no idea that he's an avenger right and krang would have known how to tap into the internet anyway <laughs> so Krang's that line bothered me okay <clears throat> <laughs> So, yeah. You know. Unless he's just thinking like, oh, I helped. So that makes me an Avenger just by helping the good guys or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how he would have known. That's a very, yeah. that's a valid point. Yeah. Again, it's not very critical. But that was just one of the things that bothered me a little bit. You know. When he said that. The thing that bothered me about Modoc was <clears throat> he could have been used a lot more in the MCU later on. Down yes, the line. yes, that disappointed me too. You know, I'm like oh, this is the end of the world. Okay, when you awesome. when you <clears throat> when you look at um, the Infinity Saga, Loki kind of played that villain of kept popping up here and there. Villain turned hero, but still. You know, he was in Thor, he was in Avengers, the main villain in Avengers, he was in Dark World, he showed up again in Ragnarok, he was in Doctor Strange, you know, like he was in a lot <clears throat> as a recurring kind of villain role. Modok is like the one who, 
he doesn't create AIM. AIM creates MODOK, who becomes self-aware and takes over AIM. <clears throat> so it could have been like, um, Kang creates MODOK, who escapes from the Quantum Realm to create this company, AIM. You know, they could have went the AIM route. Yeah. Which is would be kind of interesting. I mean, also... Roxanne's out there. They've already showed that. So, I mean, when are we getting Roxanne and Dario Agger? When are we getting that kind of villain? When are we getting a villain like that at all that's just going to constantly be a thorn in the hero's side? <clears throat> I don't know. I feel it was wasted. Yes. Just, but you know I what did, it, yeah. it reminded me of was the freaking Mandarin. Where yeah. they brought in Trevor Slattery. as like, oh, I'm the Mandarin. It's like, what? Yeah. That was a big middle finger. That's actually that's actually a real good comparison. Yes, <clears throat> that's actually a real good comparison. Yes, and it's, I mean, Modok's right. a weird villain, but that was. You used him as a as a gag. Yes, and I didn't like that. I didn't like it either. So I mean, yeah, the "Don't be a dick" was funny, but like overall, I was like, man, they're using him as a gag. Yeah, and yeah, he dies. I'm like, oh, so he's done. Right. I mean, he could have also come out and been like, I don't know, if they've got the Young Avengers coming out, he could have been like a recurring villain for the Young Avengers or something like that. Make it make it fun. Make it like, here's here's the Young Avengers and some goofy villain, you know? Goofy looking villain. But they also teased us with the B-suits and everything like that in WandaVision, so. Yeah. I feel like they're trying to... Unless... They're trying unless... to use their... They're trying to use all these characters too much. Like, <clears throat> I'm okay with them growing out and doing Young Avengers and doing Thunderbolts and doing maybe Dark Avengers and doing other Avengers and, you know, X-Men and Fantastic Four. Doing all that stuff, it's cool, but you're going to get to a point where if you don't put, like, a, a shell around, like, say, like, okay, here's as far as we're going to go and we're just not going to use these. Like if you don't do that, it's just gonna it's gonna get so big that you don't have enough movies and shows to cover everything, and then it just becomes so broad that nobody can follow it. Well, I think that might be part of the rationale to slow things down a bit. Right. So there's like a there's like few there's like a few projects that are like in question. Yeah. Because you know? we got but, all that slate from like D twenty three and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but if but, they slow down now, now they've got themselves at a point where they have too many characters in play and not enough content, like not enough hours to use them, like handcuff themselves a little bit. Uh, uh, That's my worry. Yeah. That they're gonna get so much so many characters in this universe, and then you're only gonna have like two villains they can fight against because you kill one every movie. <laughs> you know <laughs> why can't you know they, they put heroes on the raft? Why can't they put you know like Baron Zemo's on the raft? Okay, so there you go. There's your there's your Loki kind of character. But how are you not gonna start putting villains on the raft or like a raft of some kind? And then you give yourself a chance to have like a villain team up 
you can have like a civil war type movie where it's like a group of villains versus a group of heroes, like Avengers versus Dark Avengers, or I don't know. You know what? Just give me X Men. <laughs> just give me the, just give me the mutant. Yeah. You know, all this uh all this stuff about uh you know oh, yeah we're gonna slow down our slate whatever i'm like you, 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 you <laughs> better not touch the mutants like you know <laughs> what i mean <laughs> apparently x-men 97 is still on track so yeah you know i saw that good to go so everything you know they can they can they can they can push back Echo and Ironheart and all this other stuff if they want to. Don't mess with the mutants. So. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the seven in that article. Okay. So. That's fair. I mean, some of them, some of those first ones, like the exposition, the arcs, and the VFX and volume. I mean, I got a lot, a lot to say about that, you know. Those last few, like the um, some about the editing to kill a Kang and the stakes. I mean, I'm I'm gonna say I, I I kind of agree with some of it, and yeah, I I don't think anything's ironclad. I don't think anything that the MCU's ever done has been so perfect that there's not a mistake or there's something that's something that I look at like, hey, you know, this could have been better, but I didn't create it. It's tied. Ant Man, Ant Man, and the Wasp: Quantumania is tied for the worst Rotten Tomato score in the MCU at forty-seven percent. It's tied with Eternals. It did better than the Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. I mean, it did worse than those two. Yes, it is tied for the worst with Eternals. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know about that. Dark, Dark World got a better run to me. Yeah, I I looked at that. I'm like, holy shit! Like, I, yeah, get out of here. Hold on. Yeah, I, I'm serious. I will pull. I will. I will hold on. I will fire it up right now. I will, yeah, I I scrolled to the bottom of the list. I'm like, there's no way Dark get, World is not. You know. Yeah. I, I slept. I slept like a baby through that bad boy. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I got some good sleep during that. One. Oh man! Oh, Dark World's coming on up. Time to go to sleep. Yeah. Dark World. Exactly. Good night, everybody. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Where is our Ant Man three suffers worst Rotten Tomatoes score in MCU history? According. To... <sighs> Who's giving the Rotten Tomatoes ratings? Thor Dark World, 66%. That's bullshit. Thor Love and Thunder, 64 Goodness gracious. Wow. How's there so much love for Dark World? I mean, if you want to shit on Love and Thunder, fine. All right. I'll maybe yeah. listen to you. But I mean, yeah. like, you know, it's better than Dark World. Yeah. <laughs> what the shit you, you, you sound defeated well cause I'm looking at my rankings and I have 8 movies of, for phase 4 and on and I ranked it 4th well yeah. you will not be uh, I said 4th on the 
Rotten Tomatoes review board. Then I mean they can they can suck rocks. So <laughs> <laughs> just as a comparison, the top five. <clears throat> Number five, No Way Home, ninety three percent. Okay. Number four, Ragnarok. Well, it was a tie. The tie for a tie at ninety three percent. Ragnarok and No Way Home. Okay. A tie for second place at ninety four percent. Endgame and Iron Man. Iron Man, the first one. Yes. And number one at ninety six percent, Black Panther. Which wow. I have no, I have no issues with. The, the, so, the first Black Panther. Yes. Okay. I mean, forever. Who am I kidding? If it was, if it was that one. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, let's see, Shang. Let's see, Damn. this is interesting now. Shang Chi. That's at number ten, ninety-one percent. That's at number ten. Yep. Well, some of these there, there's a tie. Like I don't know, like I don't know how are they. Uh, they don't have in this list that I'm looking at in this article. They don't, they don't uh, account for ties. So it's a list one through thirty-one. Okay. But there's several of these movies that have the same ranking. So I don't know, I don't know how they're making like for example 20 21 22 iron man 3 captain marvel black widow all three of them have 79 percent like i don't know why three weird movies to be compared at the same round tomato percent (laughs) hey man uh you know maybe this is why we're not um critics film critics thank god so, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I, I was supposed to meet my mic before this. I was gonna go like this and do yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yep. So, yeah, Ant Man and the Wasp Quantumania tied for the bottom at 47% with Eternals. Jeez, I didn't think now was, I'm I didn't guessing think it was Eternals bad, but. I'm guessing it'll probably go up as time goes along. It'll probably go up a little bit, as all movies do. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so the way I look at here, here's my two cents on critic ratings and such. Okay, and and theater uh, success in the theaters. Okay, so there are some movies that do very well in the cinema. Like, for instance, Finding Nemo. Finding Nemo was in the theaters for like three months, I swear. I worked at the movie theaters when it, when it was out. And yeah. I feel like it was there for three months. That movie's solid. That's a great movie. Not going to lie. Okay. But it did great in the theaters. Great movie, did great in the theaters. And then you have some movies that do pretty well in the theaters. They stay in the theaters for a while. But the movie is like, it's one of those like critically acclaimed movies. When you watch it, you're like, why? You know, is it artsy? Is it is it just because a certain director helmed it? You know, does it have yeah. to do with you know who the who the actors and actresses are in it are combined with the director? Is it like all of a sudden you're like, hey, Quentin Tarantino, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, 
and Leonardo DiCaprio, okay, I mean, we're giving that a high rating right out the gate. You know, <clears throat> I don't know how that works. Okay, fine. The movie could be terrible, and it would get great ratings because those people are involved in it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nothing against those people because I think, well, except Leonardo DiCaprio, I'm not really a fan. But anyway, the other ones, I, I mean, I would just be like, yep, I agree. But okay, so then you look at a movie like, I'm going to use this example specifically because, again, movie theater i was in the theater working in the theaters when it came out gone in 60 seconds with nicholas cage have mm-hmm. you ever seen that movie yes okay that movie was literally gone in 60 seconds in the theaters i don't <laughs> think it lasted two i don't think it lasted a full two weeks in the theaters okay like it came in i was like hey what's that movie i'm gonna have to see it. and then it was gone okay but then i went and saw it i thought it was a great movie i thought it was really good i'm like wow this this should have stayed in theaters longer Maybe it was because it went up against some other movies that weekend and nobody wanted to see it. I don't know. But, I mean, maybe the critics gave it bad reviews. I don't know that. I have to look it up. But my, I guess my point is, if, if I want to see a movie, I'm going to see a movie. I'm not going to care what the critics say about it. If I've never heard yeah. of the movie, maybe then I'll consider it. and be like, eh, what, what are people saying about this? But I'm still going to do my own homework. I'm still going to look up some stuff. I'm going to still, you know, read into it a little bit, do this, that, and make my own decision before I go see it. So, yeah, <clears throat> I, t- I, take... I, I, I typically don't look at the critics' right. reviews before I see the movie. Yeah. Then after I see it, I'll look at it and then I'll see, oh, what the hell are they talking about? Or I could say, oh, I, I can see that. That's a valid point. Um but yeah, I just, I just didn't understand it. You know, yeah. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. this movie. You know, so and it's obviously it's doing pretty well yeah. in terms of numbers. So hey, you know, and yeah. here's a, here's another perspective. Somewhere out there in this world, somebody loved the Last Jedi. There's got to be one person. I don't know who they are. It's not me. But people like and don't like certain things. So you had to take a shot. Of course. <laughs> we already took a shot at Rise of Skywalker. Might as well. But that was a valid comparison. In oh, the no, I, I, I agree. You just came out of left field and just, oh, I'm gonna take a shot at Last Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> Any chance I can get. Is that gonna be your thing? You're just gonna find some way to take a shot at Last Jedi. It's just maybe you're gonna, you're gonna be on one of your Browns, you know, Sunday football rants and and and, and then all of a sudden, yeah, and 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 you know, bleep force flying. Go yeah. Browns. <laughs> yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be like, you know, whoever our quarterback is, you know, he just had a concussion. You didn't need to bring him back onto the field like Princess Leia force flying back to the ship. No, well, that'll be your reference. <laughs> Keep out. Have to take a shot. Yeah, have to take a shot. Yeah, to take a shot. Oh man. It's one of those things that should well, probably go. I should probably go back and listen to every one of our podcasts and find every moment that I've taken a shot at Last Jedi, <laughs> and make like a string of it. 
Here are all the times that Jake took a shot at Last Jedi. <clears throat> oh, you're writing yeah. yourself a note, aren't you? <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, boy. Last Jedi shots. Yeah. Shots so. fired. Somehow Palpatine returns. Somehow Kang is returned. Yo, I would start dying laughing in the theater. If I'd they stand started up and with, clap. If they led I, with I that. Would, I would start a slow clap and people would be like, what are you doing? And be like, get off your asses somehow, and clap with me. Somehow Kang has returned. Somehow Kang has returned. Oh I still God. need to be explained. I, I, you know, I don't consider myself a genius, right? Me I either. consider myself a pretty okay, sharp guy, right? Not a yeah. genius. I know what's right? going on around me. I know what's going on, right? <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. Like, is he a clone? Like, what? What did he do? Like, what? Uh, what? I'm hanging onto the edge of this rabbit hole, and I have a feeling I'm going to fall into it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't, you know, three years later or whatever the hell it is, I still don't get it. So this is this is what I think happened. All right, here's what happened. I'm going to go to old Wikipedia and see. Well, here we go. So Last Jedi happened. All the writers are sitting in the room. It's quiet. <laughs> well, someone's clicking their pen. Someone's on their phone looking at Facebook. Someone's taking a nap. Someone's just scratching their head. And then one guy sits up and is like, uh, well, you know, uh, we pretty much <laughs> sunk it on this one, guys. How do we, uh, we, we killed Snoke. I mean, how do we write the ship? How, how do we, how do we do this? And the guy who's taking a nap wakes up. Palpatine. Oh, man, I had this dream that Palpatine was, like, chasing me, and someone goes, that's it. Bring him back. Wait, what? Damn what are you it. talking about? Bring Palpatine back. How? Who cares? Bring him back. Say he's alive. <laughs> say he survived. Who gives a shit? Bring him back. That's how we're going to save this trilogy. <laughs> someone call Kathleen Kennedy and get in her head. She walks did. in, and she goes, yeah, sure, that sounds good to me. All right, I got to go, guys. And then they're like, all right, fine, let's write it in. That's how it happened. Scene. Uh, how did Palpatine survive after Return of the Jedi? I bet you the internet doesn't even know. Wikipedia didn't know. I had to type in the old Google machine. <laughs> Wikipedia gave you the shruggy guy. The, the answer is as sci-fi as it gets. Cloning. The catch is he wasn't actually very good at it. Long before his death, Palpatine began studying clothing as a means of possible immortality. If his body were to die, but his consciousness could survive and transfer to another body, he would essentially be unstoppable. Um, hold, so on. That's... hold on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. I'm calling horseshit. I'm pausing you right there. And the, re <laughs> the reason I'm doing this is because somebody in that writing room read Harry Potter and was like, hey, you know what? Lord Voldemort with the Horcruxes, that's how Palpatine's going to survive. <laughs> Bullshit. You may continue. So that's what he did or tried to do anyway. The version of Palpatine shown in Rise of Skywalker is quite gross. 
since he's mostly there with some parts missing or incomplete. He's there in spirit, literally, but he's not quite powerful enough to reach his full galaxy conquering potential. So, I'm a, are you ever going to read Harry Potter or anything like that? No. Okay, I'm going to spoil it for you because I'm going to make I'm going to I'm going to put the parallel out there so you can understand what I'm talking about. If any of you listening right now have not ever read Harry Potter, have not watched the movies have no idea about it, but you would like to one day stop listening for a moment. Okay. So here's what I'm talking about. They just said he's hanging on by a thread, bits and pieces, and he's there in spirit, right? And what did he need to come back to full power? He needed Ray and he needed Ben to basically to suck the life force out of them, right? Yes. Okay. So, in Harry Potter, Lord Voldemort tries to kill Harry. Harry's mother puts a protective spell over him. It's, a, it's love, basically. He throws the killing curse at Harry, it redirects back, and kills Voldemort. So, he dies from his own spell, okay? he's, mm-hmm. <clears throat> But he was not truly dead. He went into, like, hiding. He was a very weak, withered corpse of himself okay and he spends like the next seven books all seven books trying to come back to power basically and when he comes back to power well in the fourth book he uses let me see he needed the blood of blood from harry potter somebody's finger and some other thing to go in a pot boom and it gave him his body back and he came back to power as lord voldemort okay that's basically what they're saying about Palpatine. <laughs> he needs the life force from two Jedi to absorb it into his withered body to re like grow and become Palpatine at his height of power again, right? Yes. That's some Harry Potter wizard bullshit. You <laughs> st- stupid Star Wars writers from the sequel trilogy stealing Harry Potter stuff. Okay, if you've been, you know, paused or yeah. not listening, this you can come back on. Now we're done talking Harry Potter. But here's a. But do you the, see what I'm uh, saying? Yeah. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. I mean that 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 whole transferring consciousness thing isn't new, right? Because no. uh, freaking uh, freaking uh, what's his name? Um, in the MCU, um, damn it, Hydra, the Hydra scientist. Oh no, uh, Zola. Yeah, Arnold Zola. Yeah, he transferred his consciousness into a computer. Rick and Morty, Rick did it. Yeah, yeah. but I mean that's but, but that's but a, like that's in Star Wars though, a computer. Like, like I mean, if you look yeah, at that's that that's scientific. That's that's knowledge, technology type shit, right? Yeah, I mean, like look at Vision, look at Ultron, look at. Uh, Iron Man with his consciousness, looking at Wonder Man's consciousness to create vision, you know, like... Yeah. It's just in, like, the way that they did that in Star Wars, I was just like, what? (laughs) What do you mean, somehow Kane, somehow Palpatine is returned? How the hell does he know Palpatine returned? So, okay, here's the other thing that bothers me. Here's the other thing that bothers me about... (laughs) About the somehow Palpatine return thing, okay? 
Palpatine returned. Where is he? He's on a planet that nobody knows how to get to unless they have a Sith Wayfinder, right? <laughs> yeah. So who got this information that Palpatine was still like, somehow returned? Was there somebody on that planet that flew away like, shit, somebody I alert the masses. sent a tweet. <laughs> sent a tweet, yeah. <laughs> so, someone flew out of there and somehow found their way out when nobody... And don't even get me started on that. They came because how did all of those MFers make it through the Wayfinder <laughs> storm that the freaking Falcon t- or the, the whatever ship took like almost destroyed it and this whole fleet comes through? <laughs> <laughs> my God. My God. So awful. Somehow Palpatine returned. How the hell did you get that information? You didn't. There's no way you could have gotten it unless Palpatine, like, put up like a microphone and turned on his like podcast channel. And was like, I'm back, bitches, and everyone's like, Oh, that was Palpatine. Oh. He's, back. He's back. I'm back, bitches. Good, uh, good. My channel is still here. <laughs> <laughs> what the? God. They have to do that in the next MCU movie. Somehow Kang is returned. <laughs> we thought he was dead. Somehow he returned. Yeah. Even though he told us there's many Ooh. versions of me. <laughs> well it's going to be interesting when uh loki season two where that picks up oh yeah that that right there was the okay so yeah i liked the the mid-credit scene with uh with with all the kings with yeah. amortis and, uh, and ramatut and iron lad that was cool i liked that i liked seeing all three of them um Damn, when they showed Victor Timely and they showed Loki, I was like, oh, I went nuts. I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. And then I looked around and I was like, nobody is excited. Yeah, nobody. Yeah, Nobody. I'm like, all of you need to leave now. I'm waiting for you all to leave before I get up out of my seat because I'm pissed. Yeah. Just like a season two Loki, just bam, right there. Yeah. I mean, and- I, I got to chalk that up to kind of being cool like uh, – was it after No Way Home when they showed the uh, the um, multiverse of madness like trailer that we've been waiting for? Yeah, yeah. That so that was like, oh shit, we're going right into this next thing. Yeah, that's like okay. Well, this is wow. All right, that could have been like that could have been like a straight scene from season two. I bet you it is. Just like right there. Yeah. Cool to see Mobius again. Like, what's up, Mobius? Yeah, I was like, yeah, I was excited. Like, yes, they're 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 all Mobius and uh, Loki. They're chum chum. They're pals again. Oh, I love it. You know. Yeah. Uh, what's up, Moby? I'm gonna start calling him Moby. I'm gonna make that a thing. Hashtag Moby. Moby. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'd, uh, <laughs> somehow Kang has returned. Oh God. That's how Lo- that's how uh, Loki season two should start. Somehow Kang is returned. Don't you dare! Don't you dare! <laughs> I hope it starts right where it ended off. Like literally, him standing there with Mobius, like, "Who are you? What what division are you from?" 
and it's like picks up right from there. Probably won't, but that'd be cool. That would be well, yeah, because they have to like you know, I would think they would have to make that transition of where they were there when it ended, and then where we're at here in this post-credit scene. Yeah, they would have to explain that. You would think. Yeah. So, I have to say something else. The the cast of Quantumania. So, Jonathan Majors was was really good. I really liked him. Dude, um, when he was uh, whipping uh, Scott Lang's ass, I'm like, oh, he's ready for Creed three. Yeah, he's right. Oh, and speaking <laughs> speaking of, I have to I have to mention this right now because you brought up Creed three. What I told you, I wanted to see. So I want to see in. If it was, I think it was Secret War, as I said. I want to see Killmonger and Kang getting ready to duke it out, and I want Kang to be like, "Are you having deja vu? Because I am." Because of the two of them fighting in Creed Three. Oh, that would be, be such nice, a that would that would flow over float over a lot of people's heads, though. So. Yeah, I would. I would jump up and be like, "Yeah!" And then people would look at and me. You'd be and the be only like, one. F y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you see Creed Three? I'm not even gonna explain it to you. No. that'd be that'd be badass. Um, but yeah, I, I really like I really liked him. Um, I, I Paul Paul Rudd's just Paul Rudd's solid. I just like him as an actor. He's he's a pretty like it seems like he's a pretty cool dude too. Like outside of acting, yeah. Um, Evangeline Lilly is hope. I think she does a solid job. I think she's good. Uh, yeah. I don't know about Catherine Newton as Cassie. She was her first time at it, you know. Yeah. They made the change. Uh, I'm I'm a little indifferent. I don't know how I feel about that. Uh huh. We didn't really get to know like, the other why? person, but yeah, there's that. That was a part. Of, that was some criticism that I saw. Which okay, I guess that's fair. I, I'm like yeah. you. I'm kind of indifferent. I like uh. Yeah, because you know, I mean, you really only got a scene of him hugging she, her when he sees her again, right? You know, you didn't get to see her really act or anything, so you, there's no attachment to it. You have child Cassie, and now you have older Cassie. Yeah. So, yeah, indifferent. Uh, like, Michelle Pfeiffer, not was, like one roadie and then another roadie. <laughs> <laughs> right. Next time, baby. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there is no next time. <laughs> um. Michelle Pfeiffer is Janet. She was she was good. She got a lot of action in too. Like I like I like so far the uh um the MCU with like Angela Bassett with her role, like giving her some badass um scenes and such. And now you're giving the same thing to like Michelle Pfeiffer. That was pretty cool. I like that. Uh, Michael Douglas looking old. <laughs> Man. <laughs> I mean, he, like he, he is old. He is. I, I know. <laughs> he, he is old. He, he's he's up there. But I mean, he. I mean, even like the action stuff that he like, he felt like he had a part where he like fell down and had to get back up. And I was like, is he getting back up? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, he's got that earpiece in, and he was like using it as his like outside communicating. You know, that's your real hearing aid, dude. That's your. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it's your legit hearing <laughs> right there. Um, which I mean, they play that nice, but but yeah, I mean, he just he was looking really old in the movie. Um, they they could have went the route, and you know, if you know, you, you said that everyone was 
or whoever was saying, you know, everyone came out of the uh, quantum realm unharmed. It could, yeah. could, have been, could have been a casualty there of Hank. I don't know. Um, I mean, he had the ants. He was controlling the ants. Which, when that ant farm went into the quantum realm, I was like, that's going to come back later. That's definitely coming oh, back. yeah. I think I tried, I tried I tried to turn to the guy next to me and say something, and he was just, like, looking forward. I was like, that's going to... No, never mind. He's not going to get it. You know? But yeah, definitely came back later. That was pretty cool. I mean, it could have been a, there could have been a chance there for him to like sacrifice himself to let Scott and Hope and everyone get out because Janet got sucked in and he spent that all that time without her. And yeah, you know, like like it could have been like it could have been his like Iron Michael Man Douglas. Moment. He's seventy eight, by the way. He's not that old. Not that old, no. He's still married to Catherine Zeta Jones, though. Good Get out of here. Good for him. Still getting after it. Yeah. Good, good for him. <laughs> yeah, good definitely for him. good for him. She's she's 53. Wow. I thought she was that's, that's I thought a, she was older. I'm gonna be, that's I'm gonna be a honest. 20, 5, 25 year difference. Good for him. 53. Good for him. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I like him as a boy. His a so boy. He, the movie. Uh, have you ever seen the game? No, that's a badass Michael Douglas movie. Well, he's uh, always Gordon Gecko to me. Yeah, yeah. Go go watch the game. That one's that one's really good. That's okay. it's like a it's like a thriller. Um, that's a dark thriller, but it's a good movie. Michael Douglas. You know, he's good. I'm just saying it just sometimes you can watch a movie and you can tell when somebody is definitely like feeling old or looking old. And he he did. He looked old. So I don't know. Just I mean, is he going to show up in another movie or is, you know, is it going to happen like where he's just going to before the next time he could show up, he passes away and they're they going to have to explain it away with uh an aside moment or scene, you're really going to have to have like a, a funeral for him or something, or just say, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, you know, it's, it just seemed like the kind of point of like, Hey, you know what? You might not be around a lot longer for this role. It'd be a really cool way for you to go to like, Hey, I'm going to hang back in the quantum realm and fight Kang with my aunts while you guys get out of here. I, Here's another disappointment with the movie. He made it seem like, oh, the rumor, somebody's going to die. Somebody's going to die. There's no real casualties here. Oh, Modoc. But like you said, no real casualties. Bill Murray's character got it. (laughs) And the fact that I forgot about that right there just adds to the fact that he was a gag. Yeah. And that wasn't right. So, yeah. That sucks. That's disappointing. Yeah. So, do you want a conspiracy theory here? <laughs> do I? I mean, do do. I mean, yeah, you sure. really want me to take it to this point? You want me to? You want a conspiracy theory here? <sighs> it's eleven o'clock at night. Let's do it. It's <laughs> so make make, uh, make it so I don't sleep the rest of the night. All right. Give it. What are your thoughts about? So, you know, 
this movie, Ant-Man, Quantumania, getting all these mixed reviews, bad reviews, lowest Rotten Tomatoes score, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we've kind of talked about this on other topics about how, you know, how they make the live action aerial for Little Mermaid Black and, you know, people get all up in arms about it. Ah, what are they doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know, know, Ariel's not black and, you know, all this other stuff. And uh, do you think, just throwing it out there. Do do I think that they tanked Rotten Tomato scores because Kang is black? Is that what you're going after? Just uh, asking a question here. Yeah, I think so. Just asking a question. Yeah, if you, if you, if you think you can tank ratings so people don't go see it in the movie as a flop, then the, it'll destroy the rest of the um, movie universe. Yeah, hell yeah, people will do that. People are that. People are that insecure and that um, petty and that uh, well racist, to be because honest. I, I, that they would do it because this movie was not bad. No, like, I, I just... it was not Eternals bad. Eternals no. wasn't that good. Of, it was not a good movie. Eternals had <laughs> Eternals had bad. It it had a few good flashes to it, like okay, Dane Whitman, Black Knight, that end credit scene with uh, Mahershala Ali's Blade voice, cool. Yeah. Uh, Arisham standing over the world, uh, and yanking the, the some of the Eternals from it. Cool. Yeah. Um. Oh, what was Kingo's uh, Valet's name? I can't remember his name. He was he stole the show. Yes. Okay. Yep. Totally cool. Um. You got to see Star Fox and Pip the Troll. That yep. was cool. Aside from that. I mean, giant head sticking out of the ocean that has not been explained yet. I mean, come on. <laughs> Seriously. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't a good movie. It just wasn't. It had it had good part it had good things about it, but it wasn't a good movie. This was not that it was not bad. No, it wasn't. <clears throat> but I mean, I honestly, thinking, I, I really I think that there are of... people who write reviews before even seeing the movie. To be a negative review, there are bots that'll go out there and ping negative reviews just to tank a movie, just to just to uh, sabotage it. Yeah, I think that's I truly thinking, I think that's you honest. know because people have been going at Disney lately and other movie studios about all oh, these characters. They're trying to they're trying to be quote unquote woke, right? And oh, make all I these characters black. That. I hate the woke thing. Do they no, not no, even know you see it? Means? Like none of them know what that word means. And uh, I was just thinking, you know, because Kang and his variants aren't aren't black, really, for the most part. And we have Jonathan Majors playing this. So I was just I was just looking for things like why is this movie being talked about so horribly? I'm going to blow everybody's mind here. Oh, no. Because you know everybody wants Fantastic Four. No matter what. 
that won't this Fantastic Four version that comes out will not receive a bad rating at all. I guarantee it because everyone's going to be all about it. Fantastic Four, awesome. Spider Man back in, awesome. Not going to get a bad rating on Spider Man ever because everybody loves Spider Man, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody loves Fantastic Four. That comes that movie comes back out. They they could literally kill all four of them in the first half hour of the movie and say the end, and it's still going to get a good rating because Fantastic <laughs> Four graced the screens again. Okay, here's where I'm going to blow your mind. If, and this is not even an if because it's a fact. Kang is Jonathan Majors is playing Kang. Kang is a black man, right? What if they make Reed Richards black? Reed Richards is going to have to be at least. Mixed race. Something. Because Nathaniel Richards is the father of Reed, Richard, Reed Richards. And Reed Richards will be at least mixed race or black. So which button do you hit, haters? Hate on Fantastic Four? Or are you going to or love Fantastic Four? Or are you going to hate it because of that? You tell me. But that's the thing. I mean, because he's the father of Reed. So. That's why they've been looking at, like Reggie John Page was mentioned, excuse me, as potentially for the role. Who was the other, who was the other guy I just saw? Oh, it was, uh, I'm going to mess his name up. Um. I'm going to look it up really quick. I want to see. John David Washington. Mm. I saw his name thrown out as a potential to play uh, Reed Richards. Really? I didn't see that. Yeah, there was an article I read. He was one of the names that was on the article. Along with Penn Badgley, that was another name that's come out. Um. Dev Patel, that's another one that I saw. That'd be interesting because he's Indian. <laughs> John David Washington. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Last movie I seen of him was uh that tenant movie. I Man. haven't seen it yet. And I heard it was good. I heard it was like weird, like well, yeah, you uh that's I mean, one of those I only seen it, I saw it once and in the theater. That's one of those deals you have to watch it a couple times. Yeah, I'm sure. To, because that's, freaking um, what's well, it's name? Christopher Nolan, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Inception his movies, style, <laughs> like yeah. I mean that. Wow, you have to like really, yeah. That that's one of those deals. You got to watch that movie twice to kind of get everything. Maybe even three times. Yeah. But yeah, it, it was kind of trippy. But he's good. He wasn't he? Was he in Black Klansman? It was him and uh, Adam Driver, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know. I know Adam Driver was in that. I, I think it was John David Washington. I think it was. We'll look that up right now. Because those were really like the only. Yeah, he was in it. Yep, that's him. Those are really the only two movies that I know him from. I haven't seen either of them, but I know of them. That's it. Yeah, that's it. Those are the only ones I would know him from. Um, but I mean, hey, why not? I also read 
that in terms of casting for the Fantastic Four, they are looking to cast Sue Storm first. Yes, I saw that too. And then cast around her, mm-hmm. which is interesting. That means they're focusing on her character more. Yeah. Cool. Huh. So, then it's probably because they have so many people who could play Reed that could be successful at it. So it's like, why don't we? You got to nail Sue. Well, well we have to. <laughs> Freudian slip, we perhaps. To, we, have to, we have to. uh We have to get the casting of Sue correct. That's what I mean. Yes. <laughs> I, knew what you, I know what you meant. You were thinking about this album, weren't you? So yeah. So I guess once they get that nailed down, (laughs) they can go from there. Because you're building dynamic at that point. You're like, all right, we have Sue. So who could be her brother? Who could be Reed? You know. Yeah. So. Maybe that's where they failed in the past. They focused too much on Reed Richards. Yeah. I'm telling you, Seth Rogen for the for the thing. Give me the voice. All right. We'll see. And I, I I think his he could do the it's clobbering time. <laughs> you think he'd be down to do MCU stuff though? I don't know. I mean, if it's voice acting, if they, because I, mean, I mean, look at Vin Diesel and what he's done with Groot. Like, if you yeah. don't ever have to show your physical form, if it's a TGI thing, maybe they like want, maybe in like Secret, uh, in Secret Wars, they put him back into his human form from Thing, like the thing like they do in, you know, the original Secret Wars. Then you'd have to be standing there like, oh, man, look, it's me again. You know, something stupid like that. But, I mean, it would just be a voice, I think. I don't see why that would be a problem. You're not really tied too much. You're tied in as a voice actor. Yeah. It gives you a lot more freedom to do other things, I would think. Speaking of that, we had a Guardians preview or trailer. Yes. Come out since we last. My big thing is... I think we're going to have a uh, a um, Hulk Infinity War trailer moment. I don't think they do that anymore, right? Well, you you know that last part of the trailer where Nebula is carrying Peter. Yes. In that last trailer, I feel like that's a that's a double pump fake in reverse. I feel like that's a. Hulk Infinity War moment. I think that's really gonna I I think that's really gonna happen. And here's why. Okay. I don't I don't don't know. So if you from the beginning of the trailer, they show Rocket coming up on Quill, who's like hunched over a table and kind of looks at him, like picks his head up to look at him. If you pick up the coloring, the lighting, and the setting there. And then you look at that last scene where Nebula's carrying him. I'm thinking that's going to be like the beginning of the movie. Or maybe the middle of the movie where something like terrible happens. And he goes into like a date, like a big drinking binge. And they have to carry him out of there to the ship. 
to go off and do whatever they're going to do. I feel like I'm getting punked. <clears throat> That's... I just have I just have scars from the Infinity War. Yeah, trailer. But but I when I watched it like I probably watched it like five times, and I think it was <laughs> when I was in the theater when I saw it. Because I mean I'm gonna be honest, the trailers that were leading up to Quantumania they were stacked. They were some stacked trailers, dude. John Wick Four, I can't wait. I, I, got, I got like Creed, John Wick Four, uh, Guardians. Like these next couple months are going to be fantastic for movies. So, when I was down visiting my dad, we were watching. You see, Donovan had gone to sleep. We were talking about John Wick the day before, and he pulled up John Wick 3, because I had seen 1 and 2. I still hadn't seen 3. And he pulled it up, and I was like, let's watch. Good. The problem was, it was um, <laughs> it was like one of those, you know, on TV movies, so it has commercials. Oh, boo. Do you know what I mean? But it, but it wasn't, it, it, it was still... Um, the actual version it wasn't like uh oh it wasn't okay oh no like i mean he was like the way he was like straight killing people with like the axe and with all that shit like that was real like that was i was seeing all that but it was one of those that was like streamed and on a streaming service that had like commercials so you'd watch like 15 oh, minutes of movie and they would do like that yeah like you'd get like five to seven minutes of ads oh that sucks and man. then it would play 15 more minutes of movie so we started watching it at probably like 9.15, 9.30. And we're sitting there and he fell asleep. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, I'm ready to go to bed. I know and Peacock just, has ads in their movies, but they... It, it might have been that. Or Paramount. Because they have don't Paramount tell me, Plus. Don't tell me Peacock because I plan on watching all three of Peacock has all three of them on there. It and was. I plan uh, on watching. I plan on watching all three before. I I know they have Paramount Plus, so I'm thinking it was Paramount Plus that okay. had the ads for some reason. I think they they both have ads, but I know Peacock. It can get a little annoying, but their ads are only like sixty seconds tops. Yeah. So like I'm sitting there like I'm scrolling on my phone between with these commercials <laughs> and then I'm like and then I'm like oh shit the movie's back on you know so I'd look up yeah and we were going and going and going and going and it just it felt like it was taking forever yeah and it was almost eleven fifteen and he and I was like how the hell long is this movie and he pulled up the thing and it showed the start to end time for the way we were watching it was three hours. Holy shit. I just looked that's it up. A, on that's IMDb. a lot of ads. <laughs> yeah, because it's a two hour and ten minute movie. That's a lot of ads. Holy hell. And it had another hour to go and I was like, I was like, F this. I'm like, Dad, I'm going to bed. Because I think we were leaving the next day actually. So it was like, I'm like, I need to get some sleep. But he was like, yep, good night. <laughs> Speaking um, of Paramount, I know we're going way off topic, but like they got, so I did a f- free trial of Paramount okay. and I saw that they had Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> they had the original Beavis and Butthead and the new Beavis and Butthead. 
Oh, okay. So I'm like, so I'm like, all right, let me pull up the new Beavis and Butthead and see, you know, what's about. And it sucked. Really? Like, you know how they, you know, how they would watch music videos? Yeah. So now what they do in the new Babies and Butthead, they like Oh, they can't watch, watch music U- videos because no one they does watch, anymore. They, they watch YouTube videos or TikToks. Oh. I'm like, this is terrible. Like, <laughs> That's totally against who they are, too. I know, man. Do you, do you think if Beavis and Butthead were real, first of all, but if they were here now, that they would they would go on TikTok? Dude, it's no. Sucked. And They'd part of like, it, too, you would like, it would be like a good song and then like a good music video. So you listen to them talk shit, but you still kind of enjoy the song and video, too. Yeah. Like it's no, terrible. It's a, like they like you can't weird music music videos too to talk over. Yeah, because it was like they yeah. were they were like, what the hell am I watching? And then you laugh at their commentary. I'm like, yeah, it's because I was wondering. I'm like, all right, what are they gonna do for music videos? And like, oh. yeah, they do YouTube videos and TikToks. I'm like, oh, this sucks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I never got to and finish John like, Wick three. <laughs> <laughs> well, finish that. I, I will. I I was. I'm not gonna. I'm, I was a little underwhelmed. It's been um, a while since I've seen it. I saw it when it came out in theaters. So the action is cool, but it just, it just seems like every time there's one of these John Wick movies that comes out, it's like they have this. They have to like one up the weirdness of this underground assassin culture. Like these yeah. coins, and then you have like the, um, what did they call them? It was like the medallion that you had the thumbprint and the blood on it, and it was like the, what were they called? Ugh. I forget the names of everything. But like basically, it was like you held that up, and someone had to be like, "Oh, fine, I'll, I could kill you right now, but you're holding that thing in your hand, so I have to abide by it." You know, like this, like it was getting to the point where I was like. Okay, this is becoming too rich. You know, I, I don't, I don't know. Remember it, when we, uh, remember when we talked about uh, Mandalorian when he had the, uh, when the bounty was out on him, yeah, and like everybody's thing was going off, yeah. And I told you that was like John Wick at yeah. the beginning of John Wick Three. Oh yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. I, uh, yeah, I can't. I can't wait for. And apparently, John Wick Four is supposed to be like three hours long. It's supposed to be like Oof, the longest. Wow, one. that's without See, commercial. That's in the I, theater. I feel like if <laughs> I had been watching it and I'd been watching it straight, no ads, I would have had a different experience. That's a lot of ads. That that's that's like almost an hour of ads. Like that sucks. Yeah, like I wouldn't want to watch that either. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, they're getting somewhere. Ads. <laughs> Yeah. Ads. No, that's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And Val was like, I'm going to bed. I was like, I do yeah. not blame you. Good night. Yeah. <laughs> and then I did it. Like, I'm sitting there watching and I look over at my dad and he's got that like arms behind the head in the recliner, like eyes are shut. And then something happened. And I was like, oh, damn. And I looked over and his eyes were open like all the way. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, something happened. And then right back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. Good time. Well, uh, yeah, we're we've been talking. I mean, I feel like we've been talking now for about we've about like we've, half hour we've gone, about nothing we've gone way off the media. We've gone way off the beaten path. And but hey, spoiler alert: we're not doing 
any talk of Bad Batch now. That's <laughs> 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 just deep in. <laughs> I mean, but you got Ant-Man, you got Beavis and Butthead, you got John Wick, you got a little Lord of the Rings talk, you got a little bit of Star Wars talk in there. Uh, Star Wars talk, Lord Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. (laughs) (laughs) But you had a whole mishmash to talk on top of Quantum Mania. You did. You did. So So, I think the the verdict is that we both enjoyed the movie. We do not think it is Eternals bad. We do not think it is as bad as Rotten Tomato says it's out to be. Right. Um, it's not the greatest MCU movie ever, but it's not Eternals no, bad. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, Eternals bad. Yeah. God, that's that's even bad to say because we were Dark World was our uh was our big uh negative. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, that's probably my I gotta look at my list again and then revamp it because I haven't updated it. So we're through a whole new phase. I wonder if we should take Phases one through three and integrate phase four into it. Just yeah. movies. We should do that. Yeah. Not shows, update. just movies. I got to update my list. Yeah. I think it's about time we did that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think we've talked enough <laughs> about well, everything. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. For Bullseye Rye, this is Hot Take Jake. And as always, as always, hold on to your butts. Boom. <laughs>